Record. Pressing play on tape. Yes. <laughs> and in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Investment Property Income Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Eady, and joining me today is the effervescent, the upbeat, and the, uh, well, brilliant man that I get to call my friend, Jonathan Tilger, Canada, one of Canada's leading mortgage brokers. Jonathan, how are you today, sir? Well, as I say every time I come on here, after your intros, I even if I was feeling down here, I'm like way up here by the time you've done your intro, the way, the way you pump me up. So I am always awesome when I speak to you, Jeff. It's called edification, sir, and it's a must. Um, <laughs> or in your I, you case, it's, I... it's, it's edification, but yes. Ouch. <laughs> Fair. Um, so I do love coming on here. I, we get to record these uh, on a weekly basis and get to discuss what's going on in the mortgage world. This is a kind of a weird one. Uh, it's big, but it's kind of weird. Uh, the Fed, like it was the Fed or the Bank of Canada. I guess it was. It, 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 it was really basically just new, new. New mortgage regulations were instituted through the government. Exactly what level, yes. it doesn't really matter. But I that's... saw the finance minister, Christia Freeland, was uh, uh, involved there. I'm sure the Bank of Canada has something to do with it. But the fact of the matter is they are trying to cool the pandemic boom. And uh, in doing so, they are trying to effectively raise the qualifying rate for the stress test. Now, my understanding from our, our discussion a few minutes ago, this doesn't affect everyone. You want to break this down a little bit for us, and then we'll kind of pull it apart and discuss, uh, give us give us the Coles notes to begin with. Well, this, this is part of, I mean, it's an announcement that came out last, uh, just last Thursday, so really just a few days ago. And going through it, it's... My understanding of it, and it still is my understanding at this point, based on what I've read, because as often is the case, there can be small nuances that come out afterwards. But my understanding is it's targeting conventional deals only, meaning that it does, does not affect high ratio. That part seems bizarre. That may not be the case, but that was just the initial, the initial stuff I came across on it. Uh, and effectively, what they're doing is they are raising the qualifying rate. So it's currently 4.79. It's saying, well, to purchase, you've got to qualify at 5.25. And they're doing this, as, as you said, to start with, to try and quell the, the pandemic housing boom, which is happening in more the outlying areas as opposed to the downtown core, because people are saying, hey, with all this, I want space for my family. Well, you know, I was just going to say that it's, is it really a boom? I understand that a lot of the places, you know, I live in the outskirts out in the, you know, distant 905. And yes, we've seen housing prices jump something like 32% year over year since last year at this time. But <clears throat> isn't this just kind of the fallout of a rising housing market that these people just didn't, um, you know, they made their money in Toronto housing or in city housing, and now they're moving out into the country. It's because it's not just happening in Toronto. I mean, it's happening all over North America, and I'm sure other places in the world. So is it is it really a boom or is it a shift? And this this is where it's wait and see. And part of it comes down to what happens when what happens when the whole when we return to normal and all these offices in Toronto, for instance, where they're saying, well, you can work remotely, 
if they turn around and say, no, you know what, remotely doesn't work. We're far more effective when everyone comes in the office. So these people who have moved an hour and a half outside the city, now it's suddenly it's, wait, no, you've got to be in the office every day like you were before. Yeah, so we have a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of unknowns affecting what's going on right now. And something, you know, I found interesting in just skimming that article briefly is they said that it's psychologically not enough. So I want to spend a, a minute, and I don't know how you feel about this, but talking about the psychology of what's going on and, and how people tend to act in a herd mentality. Do you want to do you want to kind of discuss that at all? Oh, definitely. And I think I think the biggest psychological thing right now is the fact that rates are so low. Mm -hmm. And so with that, people are saying, well, if I buy this house, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Call it, as you said, th 25, 30 percent, 35 percent above what it was last year. But because my because the rates are almost half what they were last last year, my payment is really the same or in some cases maybe even a little lower than it would be so <clears throat> here's here's kind of my take on the ebb and flow of how things happen it, you know and it's not just real estate it's all stock markets economy everything is that we're experiencing a wave it's like somebody threw a giant rock into the middle of the major cities and drove the people out like waves out into the far stretches yes but inevitably those waves do tend to come back to where they started at least to a, a, a you know a large degree and i don't think this is going to be I, I think there's going to be a lot of people left holding the bag on this in my opinion i mean as i mean as you said it's like cities build the way they do for a reason and by the way they do, I just mean, and as you said, typically, typically the peak of that wave is in the center of the city. It's the most densely populated area. It's where you've got the most dense, densely populated as far as people living in addition to businesses and so forth. With what's happened because of the pandemic and social distancing and a lot of built, a lot of, a lot of the downtown office core in particular going to remote that these people say, well, I don't need to live here anymore. I can live out here and have the space. And so that's exactly what's pushed, as you said, push that wave out that way. But when things return back to normal, is it going to stay out that way? Or more likely, as you said, it will return back back to where, let, let's face it, a lot of people who live in the city, some do it for work, but a lot of people live in it because they like the lifestyle. Yes, they say, hey, it's a smaller place I have to live in, but I've got the, these restaurants, I got this nightlife, I got all this great stuff that I, that I can partake food. in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but right now, what's the incentive to live in the city? Yeah, there is. I, 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 I live in a small place. I can walk around a I can walk around this concrete area. There may be a park nearby. But the reality is, is that the night five thousand other the, people in it. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the nightlife is gone right now. Yes. But once that nightlife returns, once the restaurants return, once in, in addition to obviously the people saying, hey, we need to be in the office, we need all that. These people who are out here, where are they going to end up? the theater the sports games the the live bands you're absolutely right I, and <clears throat> i do believe that a lot of people are panic buying um in large part because the 905 areas simply don't have rentals you know that's that's one thing that um 
has really become apparent is just the lack of necessity up until now for rental properties to be out in the 905 areas or 289 or 222 i think is the new uh, uh <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> uh, <laughs> new prefix but um i you know i'm seeing it around here there was an empty lot recently it's probably less than a quarter of an acre but it's riverfront sold for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a completely empty lot that is mind-blowing because my you know when my mom passed away Eight years ago now, admittedly, there was a while ago, I sold her home for um, $253,000. And it was a 13-year-old home. It wasn't a huge lot, but it was a nice lot. It was two bedrooms um, with a basement, finished basement, all those things. But to show that that house now is probably more than doubled in value. Well, I don't want to say value. We'll say price. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> there is that difference between value and price. Um, it's just insane what's going on. And it is all psychology. It's all people saying, and, and you know what? I'm not even going to put the words in your mouth. What is the number one reason that you hear when people say, I got to buy a house right now? Why? I, because I don't want to miss out. Yes. And that is the fear of loss is the, the largest motivator in most people's lives. Uh, I was always taught that people will stand to do more for what they lose, uh, will do more for what they stand to lose than what they stand to gain. And that's exactly what's happening right now. And I, I do believe <clears throat> a lot of people have borrowed a lot of money. A lot of people are continuing to borrow a lot of money to finance these homes at rates that I, I don't see them staying here. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's what's fueling it more than anything else. Yes, obviously, people need place to live. All these real estate's a sound investment. All the, all the positives about real estate. But the big thing that is fueling where prices are going right now is the fact that rates continue to be at these unprecedented low. And every time I think, hey, they can't get any lower, something happens and they get lower. <laughs> all right. So here's the big question. If the Fed... It's starting to look at it this is, I, hate, I don't know if I'm calling it the right thing. If the Bank of Canada, the Feds in the States, the Bank of Canada is starting to look at these um, new restrictions on, and you said conventional mortgages. These are folks who have 20% or more. So typically investors or longtime homeowners yes. who are well-established, who don't really need a stress test if they know what they're doing. Um, how much is this actually going to affect people? From from what I've seen, I mean, the the difference the, the four point seven nine to five point two five. I haven't run the numbers specifically, but from the things I've read, sounds like it will affect about four percent of the price someone can buy. Which, as you said, t- typically the person who is the conventional buyer, they usually have a little bit of extra money. So if that four percent is going to make a difference, well, I'll increase my down payment by four <laughs> percent. <laughs> All right. So so back to the big question. If the Bank of Canada is reacting this way, do you think they're expecting a Michael Buble on the way? (laughs) That was a lot of rhyming. I meant bubble. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Jonathan. Well well played. And and you actually, I sat there and went, what? None of that was intentional, except for the Michael Buble thing. Um, do you think the Bank of Canada is sensing a bubble if they're making this kind of knee-jerk reaction, really, because it, it's, it's not affecting the right people? 
Yeah, that's that's again everything I've read on it to this point is that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to quell things down to prevent a bubble from happening. And the last time I remember them doing this was the foreign buyers tax back in what 2017. Yeah, there there have been there have been I mean there have been different adaptations of the stress yeah. test and they keep changing the rule but the, the the foreign buyers tax was another incentive to try and quell things down but at the same time affected such a small niche in the market that it really didn't have the effect they were hoping for exactly exactly and, and we're in this strange period where if you go back to the I remember everyone back in the 80s I mean I was not a home buyer back in the 80s I was on the younger side to be able to do that um, <laughs> like 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 a toddler <laughs> well not not quite a toddler but close to it um but during that period where there was call it a housing boom happening that's where rates were 18 20 22 percent it's and funny because people don't believe that those were actual rates those are credit card rates no those yeah were, those were borrowing rates back then <laughs> so so at that at that point there the biggest difference from then to now is, is then there was call, call it a Yes, there was a large demand for housing due to the baby boom generation coming into, call it their house buying years and needing places to live. And I'll say there was a shortage of capital at that point, which is why rates went as high as they did. So house prices, while they did go up, they didn't explode to the same levels that we're seeing now. Now it seems like we've got this excess of capital. And let, let's go through what's happened over the last, call it 13 years or so. In 2008, keep in mind that there was massive printing of money and governments around the world took on massive debts. And how do they erase those debts in the simplest way? Inflation. Print the money to pay them. <laughs> well, they, they printed the money, which leads to inflation, yeah. which leads to excess money in the system, which leads to more money buying less resources, which leads the prices up mm -hmm. effectively for the governments. And this is this 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 is this is economics here and which is what i happen to study in school but now for the governments they're holding this large amount of debt keeping interest rates low so they can pay it back at a lower level while inflation is rising up the value of their assets so effectively they're being able to pay it off uh, a few years from now or pay things down a few years from now with uh that's a devalued dollar because everything else mm. has gone up in price so the, the reality is, is are we sitting on a bubble or is this just becoming the new normal where house prices are going based on this inflation that got started 13 years ago due to the housing, due to the, the boom and bust that happened in 2008? So I'm going to backtrack it a little bit and look at, you know, we talked about the, the 80s there. And then what happened in the early 90s? The housing market crashed again. It did, it yes. Became a, it became a buyer's market. A lot of people made fortunes there. And then it went for quite a while until, what was the dot-com boom? Yep. And then we had another housing crash. And then it started going all the way up again to 2008, where everybody, oh, it can't be, boom, crashed again. <clears throat> In certain markets, yes. In areas like Toronto, really since, since like the mid-90s, the housing market outside of a little blip here and there has been going up. Yes. So, and, and this just plays to the point more to what I was saying is that a place like Toronto, where there is such a limited amount of room, that inherent value, that there is value inherent in that space, P 
period. And they're not making any more of it. You can't buy more places downtown uh, Toronto or Hamilton or Kitchener. They're just not, there's no space to make them. But when you get out to, to the, the outlying areas, Durham, Ajax, Niagara, uh, outside of Hamilton, Wentworth, Binbrook, like a, a home in Binbrook just went for 1.1 million. That's, that's a, a record breaker in, in, by anybody's standards. But the further you get out, the more space there is to build. The only thing I believe propping up the market is that builders' costs have gone up so much that they can't build at the same rate they were. Well, yes, and also you got the the green belt as well, which is sort of pushing people from okay, you go from I'll call it Vaughn, if we're heading north, which is which is an area I just know better. So if you go Vaughn, then really okay, you've got kind of the green belt that comes in, and effectively, all right, Barry, which is why you're going Vaughn to Barry, where you're seeing the the explosions happening, sort of the GTA, the outskirts of the GTA, then Barry, and in between because of the green belt, we're not getting that boom happening. Or the areas where they can have it, they are having the boon for sure. Yeah, I remember some financial analysts calling it the uh, Manhattanization of Toronto, which is exactly what we've seen downtown over the last 10 years or so is all of the condos going up because they can't go wide. They have to go high. Exactly. <clears throat> so I, I, I do believe that within that Greenbelt area, especially, you know, the GTA, um, those prices I don't think are coming back down. But the 905s? That's going to be real interesting. It will be. And it's something I don't want to make a call on because I think there's too many factors out there, too many unknowns right now. I'm going to say, uh, you know, I will say in my opinion, because everybody knows I have an opinion, um, though not as educated as, as yours. I will say that I do believe we're going to see some sort of rollback at some point. Although I just don't know anymore because the market has been so insane for so long. Yeah. Um, even even if you look at the Dow Jones average, you know, it's been above 30,000 for how long and uh, showing no signs of stopping, which is insane. Back. What was it uh, when Trump was elected in 2015? Didn't it drop down to like 19,000 points, which is, you know, it lost nearly half its value in a few days. It's interesting economic times that we are living in sir and then we actually roll roll back just over a year ago it uh when covid first hit it it the the markets dropped considerably i don't know the exact levels but they they dropped i think it was 20 or 30 points within two yeah, weeks it was down to about twenty one thousand for a couple of weeks but it didn't stay there long no it, it didn't stay there and it rebounded very fast <laughs> and then boom above thirty thousand again um yeah so I guess, you know, what the, the, the last question I got for you is real estate still a good investment. Right property, right area. Yeah. The, 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 the reality is, is that, is that as we're seeing, especially, especially in solid areas like the GTA and even, even the outlying areas from the GTA, there's people here who are looking for place to live. And if there's people looking for places to live, there will always be value in the real estate for that reason. So, so yes, long, long-term, long-term, even if there is a correction in the short-term, long-term, you know, that, that 10 years from now, that property will definitely be worth more than it is today and will continue to, to increase in value. And if you've got it rented out, we'll pay you a nice cash flow over time. 
Ooh, way to throw it back to the investment property income side of it, Jonathan. High five, virtual high five. <laughs> As I am in quarantine currently. Um, <laughs> I don't believe I have the Rona, but I'm not allowed to go out and test it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I, I think this is a, a valuable conversation. The fact that they're, they're making some changes definitely shows that they're concerned about what's going on. However, I think the lack of drama in the actions that they're taking tells us that they're not as concerned as some people are. Is that a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment. Yes. All right. Any closing notes on that, Jonathan? Always a pleasure speaking with you, Jeff. Thank you to everyone listening. Always a pleasure uh, to, to share my thoughts and, and ideas with you. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Jonathan, for your time. And thank you for listening. We really appreciate your time. If you want to get a hold of Jonathan, you can certainly shoot him an email at ipincome at amortgageplan.com. And uh, if you're listening to this on one of the multiple platforms that we are now live on, Spotify, <laughs> Amazon Music, uh, Google Play, um, iTunes, uh, Apple Play, sorry, it's Apple Play and uh, Alexa, as long as many of the, as well as many of the other podcast directories, uh, we are finally listed and uh, you can listen to us on any of them. If you are, you can certainly download a free copy of our book, The Investment Property Income Book at investmentpropertyincomebook.com. Once again, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. I will see you soon. Have a fantastic day. Thanks, Jeff. You too.